Welcome to another episode of Rambling with Courtney Asher, where I speak of all the wisdom I've learned over the years that made me the woman behind this microphone today. Hello. Good afternoon for me on this rainy October day. It could be sunshiny for you. It could be morning, night, whatever it is. But, hello. <sighs> so, this is a, a different episode for me. I have a little something to talk about and... It's not exactly something I've been hiding or anything. A lot of, well, I should say very select people know this part of me. And that's how I've been choosing to go about it for a while. But I've recently been thinking about how it's very beneficial for some people. That is how I would like to present this podcast as being beneficial to the people that listen to it. And hopefully they can get something out of it and relate, you know. But... Because, um, I am an alcoholic. <laughs> I am also clean. I shouldn't feel this way about openly saying that to my listeners. But the reason I am is because... I mean, I've talked about it before that when I was a kid, I was just very eccentric and a lot of people couldn't hang. So I learned at a very young age how to mask and to totally just like <laughs> turn my back on myself and... I can no longer do that to myself. I choose to fully live in my alignment. And my true nature of myself is to be very helpful to people that are in similar situations that I can relate to. And I can't do that if I'm not being fully truthful to everyone. Like I said, I really haven't been hiding it because I've been talking about being sober and things like that. But I haven't fully opened up about it. And I would just, you know, like to let you in on my journey a little bit. When I was 17 is when I had my first taste of alcohol and I was with a friend and she had like a loft bedroom so we were just very far away from anyone else and she was giving these like 
chocolate bottles for Christmas. I forget where they're from, but they were full of alcohol. And I thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. And I had never had alcohol. I didn't... I wasn't planning on this situation or anything. It was just kind of a surprise. And she broke them out. And I remember when I ate that first one, that alcohol that just hit my tongue, it was... I've described it before as like a... It's a weird image that I get in my head, but it's like a... I'm picturing like a fire alarm on a wall that's like behind a glass box and just like somebody like reaching their leg up and just like high kicking the glass and turning on the <laughs> fire alarm like that's what it felt like when I had that and it just sent my body to, like, this adrenaline rush. Like, I thought it was just because, you know, I'm 17. I'm doing something against the law. Something I shouldn't be doing. Blah, blah, blah. If my parents ever found out, like, oh, my God, I'd be fucking dead. <laughs> but it wasn't that. It was. I still had the liquor and the chocolate in my mouth. I hadn't even swallowed yet. And I could not wait for the next one. And I believe we finished the entire box. There were a lot of them. Or we finished most of them or something. And... I felt like I was just, like, fiending for another one. I just, I wanted to get fucked up. I wanted to, like, I, whatever alcohol did, I wanted that. And I didn't even know what that felt like yet. I just wanted it. And it's a scary thing, really, like, thinking about it now because I mean I know what I know now Whew, oh my god so I'm 33 now <laughs> and thinking about that back then is like I'm it's so weird I can feel the adrenaline right now that I have back then I'm a little choked up because <clears throat> I've never really told this story to anyone. There were several occasions after that where her and I actually drank in that same bedroom. And this is when I could walk, too. I I don't think I'd be in a loft bedroom in a wheelchair. But you've seen those stairs. <laughs> those things are steep. To a love better. Yeah, there were several occasions where we actually drank together. And I remember sitting on the floor in the middle of our bedroom. 
and <laughs> we were watching Dane Cook Vicious Circle. <laughs> I remember that and I remember she made this like big glass for me to drink and uh, I drank it and I remember thinking to myself like I don't think that was strong. I'm not really feeling anything like you just start drinking and you want more of the experience. It's like a constant chase. And you just will never get there. And. <laughs> uh, yeah. I drank the whole thing. And I was sitting on the floor. And I remember telling her. I have to go to the bathroom. Which was all the way downstairs. And. We had to be quiet because her mom was like close by. And I was like, oh shit. And then I remember standing up to walk out the door. And then immediately falling to the floor. And I thought it was the funniest damn thing ever. I mean, I guess I was at that time. <clears throat> My system could take that back then, but true as fuck, not right now. <laughs> I was laughing. She was laughing. I eventually just, like, sat on my butt and just, like, scooched down the steps and just, like, praying that I wouldn't eat drywall <laughs> or something. And... I finally got to the bottom step and it scared me because I, I knew at that point that I had to walk to the bathroom. And I was hanging on to the wall. This is, by the way, when you're an alcoholic and you're also, like, you have a disability, <laughs> it's not good mix but anywho back to the story <laughs> so I finally got to the bathroom and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking holy shit what did you do and my eyes just on the part that were the parts that were open like to the air the whites of my eyes were just all red. And I just... I don't even know how long I was in the bathroom. And I went back upstairs. And I just remember thinking... Baby Jesus. <laughs> that I got upstairs. And I didn't hurt myself and I think we watched the rest of the show and I think we kept drinking or I don't know I can't really remember beyond that point and I remember I woke up the next day and this is like before hangovers could even touch me 
I woke up. I felt. <laughs> I felt amazing. And I was even laughing with my friend because I was telling her how I could walk better. <laughs> and everything else, like, maybe I should always drink. <laughs> always have a drink. And she was like, yeah, maybe you'll walk better the next day. <laughs> Just walk better the next day every time. And from then on, I couldn't see myself identifying as an alcoholic for a long time and I, when I say for a long time I actually mean as in December 31st of 2021 <laughs> mind you um I haven't had a drop since January of 2019 and I finally stopped smoking marijuana alcoholically uh, July of 2021 and I first I met in my very first meeting last year in AA that I am Courtney and I'm an alcoholic and I immediately busted. I kind of believe like how true that felt to me. And it's, it is. It's me. And I remember speaking to the host after the meeting because I presented as being sober for almost three years. At that point. In the following January. And. He said. Now when you smoke marijuana. To do it to change. Your being. Change your thoughts. Change anything like that. And I just stopped. And I was so wide eyed. I was like. Yes. <laughs> And he was like, you might want to consider changing your date. Oh my God, that was like too much of a blow to my ego at that point. <laughs> but it felt so true that I should. Because really, I wasn't sober and clean. Or If you're not clean, you're not sober. And... Yeah, I stopped drinking in January 2019, but I was still smoking marijuana just about every single night. And there were a lot of days where I couldn't go without it either. And it's because I wanted to block my thoughts. Everything was too fucking painful to feel. And I didn't want anything to do with it. I wanted to stop crying every single day. 
I wanted to stop feeling that much guilt. The reason that I stopped drinking was because I was absolutely fucking terrified. The next time I drank, how bad would it be? Because I actually, to this day, I'm still paying for it financially. But I had a lot of facial injuries. And I was absolutely terrified that the next drink I picked up, I wouldn't even wake up. When you actually wake up in the ER inside of a CT machine and by doctors telling you that they don't even know how you lived through what you just did, it's really a fucking wake-up call is what that is. And... It thrusts me into such a spiritual path in this life that I have now. And I I went through Buddhism. I've gone through like every, every spiritual video you could think of. So many books podcast I went through like changing my diet I exercise every freaking day and honestly uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like advertising for them but I'm being like 100% serious that the only fucking thing that helped me like, personally, I'm not saying this will work for everyone, but I went through my steps, all 12 steps, and it was so humbling, and I actually started to feel again and really get back in touch with myself. And that is what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for a person to fill that void. I wasn't looking for anything outside of me to fill that void. I was looking for myself again. Because I totally just turned my back on myself. Living in the way that I was living. And I learned that I was hanging around a lot of people that totally felt like it was okay to ignore me or my emotions. And I mean, because I was giving that off. Because I was doing that to myself. And that was one of the roughest realizations that I've ever had. Uh, 
I will never do that to myself. Ever again. I I just cannot believe I'm getting emotional. Uh, I cannot. I cannot believe how how much I ignored myself and. That's honestly what hurts the most here. Not even that, like, whoever I was with at any point in time had a double life or was just completely off the wall or felt the need they could do whatever they wanted to do to me and... It's because I was letting myself hang out there because I gotta find my own worth. And it's really magical when you find your own worth. Fuck. <laughs> when you find your own worth, you really start to respect yourself and. Don't stick around those horrible situations that don't give a fuck about you. This has been such a pivotal experience in my whole life. And I, I would love to see everybody listening to experience this because everybody deserves this everybody is still worth it despite what anybody has ever told you about yourself they don't fucking know you like you do nobody does Everybody has told me everything they fucking wanted to and I've listened to them. And I went down such a fucking terrible path in my life. Getting myself out of that was just amazing. And I still really can't believe that I'm out of that. But... I am, and I choose to celebrate that every fucking day. There were so many days that went by where I couldn't remember what it was like to live a life without waking up in mental pain. And... Just wanting to give a fuck about brushing my teeth or exercise or shower and that day is here.
Like, it's been here. And we have this tendency to always want more because we've been conditioned that nothing is ever enough. And it's up to us to declare when something is enough. And being able to feel how I feel right now is enough. I I didn't even dream that I would actually have a podcast. It took me like five or six years or more to like tell myself that I'm allowed to have a podcast. And that's like really huge to me because I've never been a great public speaker. And I always talk down to myself about just wanting to put my voice out there and everything. And I always knew I was supposed to. It was just down deep in my heart. And I finally was able to get there and just like grab it. I've, I have an episode actually in season one where I think it was called, um, if you want something in life, reach out and grab it. That's exactly what I mean. And I'm actually reaching out and grabbing it. I was so scared to let everyone know about me being alcoholic or being lean and because I've told people in the past that I have been and they like to talk me out of non-alcoholic oh I've done that and I'm like did you set it down afterwards yeah well good for you like it's not up to everybody else for you to feel what you feel about yourself it's been such a turning point in my life to actually pay attention to my own thoughts and feelings less of my thoughts actually because that's there basically all ego and they like to be an asshole to me (laughs) but (laughs) but to actually feel from the neck down of what I'm feeling has been quite astonishing and what I've been able to create for myself and I'm creating my own universe of just what's okay and what's not okay and 
the reason I'm doing this episode is because that first episode in this season, it, it was a joke. Um, that actually came about where a friend actually took a jab at my sobriety that I could crack a joke about it. <clears throat> but it's actually, I just, I, I wouldn't say I just realized because I know that it's a very important thing for me, my sobriety. But it just like really made me pay attention to how that made me feel. And for something that I care about, that I worked my fucking ass off for, and I still work my ass off every single day. There was a joke about um, giving me an edible if I ever needed one. Okay, so it's a joke. But, you know, that was pretty fucking serious. Because that made thoughts go off in my head that... Maybe I could eat one edible. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And the adrenaline went through the roof. And it scared the shit out of me. I will never... I'll just never touch stuff ever again. I'm so scared of... What can happen? That is the place that I feel deserves fear. And something I don't ever want to do ever again. It's not just because I fear of what will happen to me the next day. But I also fear of how I will feel in my body and my guilt. And I never, ever would give myself the permission to try that ever again. It is never okay for me to try any of those again. Because I know exactly how that's gonna go. And... I will never be okay with myself if I do that ever again. I understand that being an addict and an alcoholic, there is a chance for me to slip up again. But I'd rather feel the pain of my discipline than my own regrets. I think I'm gonna leave that episode here. If you um, would like to contact me about anything, 
You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, everything. I have my link tree in the bio of this podcast. And I welcome you to contact me with anything you want. And I would love to hear from you. I'll also leave my email in there too. It's just ramble on with Courtney Asher at gmail.com. But yeah, please contact me. I look forward to hearing from you. But until the next episode, have a wonderful day or night wherever you are. Be safe. Bye. That I worked my fucking ass off for. And I still work my ass off every single day. There was a joke about um, giving me an edible if I ever needed one. Okay, so it's a joke. But... You know, that was pretty fucking serious because that made thoughts go off in my head that maybe I could eat one edible. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And the adrenaline went through the roof and it scared the shit out of Enemy, <clears throat> and I will never, I'll just never touch stuff ever again. I'm so scared of what can happen. That is a place that I feel is very. That is the place that I feel deserves fear. (laughs) And something I don't ever want to do ever again. And. 
It's not just because I fear of what will happen to me the next day, but I also fear of how I will feel in my body and my guilt and I never ever would give myself the permission to try that ever again. I would rather